0: listening to em and ash screen queens hello you are listening to em and ash and we are the screen queens bringing you the finest cross-generational tips on what to scroll past and what should make your watch next list on your streaming weapons of choice i am ash the millennial blogger who has never seen top gun and here is M, the Gen X Mama three, who refuses to accept Christmas as a genre. Hello. Hello. And we also have producer Stuperman in the wings. Hello.
1: I am on the wings.
0: On the wings of our dove. <laughs> on the wings of love. <laughs> on the wings of love. Only the oh, two. I won't start with no, that. No, no, no. That's way, we're way too early. You've got a whole hour yet. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> to warm up. We've been, we actually did some of our homework last week, which is pretty good. We've delved into History 101, which we mentioned last week, the little bite-sized little nuggets of info on Netflix, which wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And while we're saying not as good as we thought it was going to be, spoiler alert, Space Force, the highly anticipated new Steve Carell series we looked at. Central Park uh, featuring the main voice of Josh Gad, plus many other wonderful Broadway babies um, and animation. Uh, Our oldie, but goodie this week off of my birthday scratch and save poster is Fight Club. And we also have one of the lovely tween rom-coms which Netflix now gives a home to. Seeing as they don't make any money in cinemas, we have the half of it. So we got quite another packed one, isn't it? It is. It, I think I think
2: it's going to be a packed show. How's your week been, though? How's your post-birthday week been? Your post-birthday week, post-Shares
0: birthday, all the birthdays
2: are gone. Birthday season is
0: over. Lockdown is looking to be a little bit longer in many, if not always. So we are officially bringing in a drinks curb on Sunday. This cannot continue, Emma. It's debaucherous. i think the weather's going to help the
2: covid liver my covid liver did hit a peak i think last sunday when the weather was so glorious um and it just kind of felt like the only way to get through lockdown was to act like the house was an all-inclusive maybe and just you know permanently make yourself different beverages of choice but i'm with you and in fact actually work as well is picking up a little bit because as Europe eases its lockdown as most of my suppliers are European. They are expecting a little more action. So we actually did have a virtual smelling training meeting this week. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um with, with our German suppliers. So they had they sent all the samples in advance. Obviously, we weren't virtually smelling. We did actually have stuff to smell. But we did the whole thing via Zoom and they trained us. And I also had a very entertaining Meeting with one of my biggest customers who is frankly living his best life in lockdown because he came into the virtual chat and he had two enormous hoops, one in each ear, all the chains, all the bags, was kind of wearing some sort of short sleeve shirt over a vest and was like, You are seeing the real me. I cannot wear any of this to work. I am loving lockdown and I never want to leave, which was quite nice. That's quite nice. So, yeah, you know, I think you're right. But I
0: did hit a bit of a wall this week. Week. Fifty five hundred. Are and we getting on to day ninety, are we? Are we already on day ninety? Well, you know what you know what
2: finished for us here in the Marchant Household, don't you, Ashley, on Monday night this
0: week? That, your dragon schmeal that you it like. It came
2: to an end and I tell you there were tears, mostly from me. Some from the middle twin, although mostly he was just appalled, as I should imagine every Game of Thrones fan was, by sort of the end of Game of Thrones, which has been discussed ad infinitum how poor season eight was compared to the other seasons. But more tears from me just because there's now a massive void in, in in my in my evenings. Although it does free me up for homework, obviously, and to watch new stuff.
0: Yeah, get on the um the oldie but goodie train. You've been watching some good oldie but goodies. There's Ooh. always so many. No. We have. Well, yeah, I, we
2: watched an oldie but goodie this week. Are we going to talk about that in our oldie but goodie slot? Or should we talk about it now? Because we watched a relatively oldie.
0: What, Vice? You saw Vice, Vice did you? I mean, it's a
2: couple of years, isn't it? And you
0: said you didn't yeah. like it, but that's because you were going through an anti-Christian Bale time. I cancelled Christian Bale at that point. Um, and I think it... What film was it up against? They always do this. There's always two films from different studios of similar content. It, Vice was... Good. I just think it was quiet and understated, and they had to sell it on the prosthetics. And then you know that it's just No, I
2: think you're thinking of a di- No well no, Vice is Adam <laughs> McKay, who obviously is made the best one of the best films of all time, Ron Berger, you know, the legend, Anchor Man, the legend of Ron Burgundy. And then he went on and did the big short, which no one kind of expected, which was that I whole kind of breaking the fourth wall, short. and it's the big the big short is brilliant. And then he kind of did Vice, which is a similar format to the big short which is all about Dick Cheney and how he was the power behind the throne, shall we say, when W Jr. was in power. But I think it was enjoyable watching it that particular week because that was when all the Dominic Cummings stuff was in the news. And it was kind of interesting to be watching something about nefarious, nefarious individuals in the background. I mean, God knows America is in a worse state than anyone ever imagined it would be, I think, at this point. But even watched that then Warfare. about Halliburton, about the oil... And Christian Bale's brilliant, but also Sam Rockwell. You'd never think Sam Rockwell would play George W. Bush, and I he's brilliant. Love
0: Sam Rockwell. Of course, you get an off kilter comedian to play that moron. Of course, you do. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, actually, because but- I'm trying to think of the other. Because there's W, isn't there as well? But that was the Oliver
2: Stone film about George W. Bush with oddly enough Josh Brolin. So they, they are they are two very different actors mm. to have played W in two pretty big films. But I watched it at cinema and remembered really liking it. And um, a husband with a bad taste and I watched it again and it was thoroughly entertaining. And I love Chris. I'm always full on the Christian Bale train.
0: Maybe I will try it again. Cause yeah, this is right up partner with the Good Shout Streets. He loves political history, especially American political history. And so, holding
2: yeah. that kind of, you know, and told in that fact, and Amy Adams is in it playing um Dick Cheney's wife and she's brilliant. Yeah. And Alison Pill, she's who had just adorable. come out of devs playing their gay daughter and that leads you know which leads to a lot of a lot of issues particularly between her and her sister it just i think watch it again for as far for recent history mm. it's very well done
0: well i take I really it enjoyed it you didn't make it then that was vice by the way by adam mckay where did you find that did you have we that on dvd that. No, no no it was on that it's on now
2: it's on now tv oh okay wonderful so now tv or sky go if you have either of those streamers
0: And spoiler alert, you did not enjoy History 101, so I take it you didn't make it to episode five, which is about, it's a crash course in oil and the Middle East.
2: No, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of picked I picked two episodes to watch. So I watched the one about the rise of China, because they do one on the rise of China and how China yeah. is. And that was quite interesting. that was that it was interesting. And then I watched one on plastics, because of course, husband with a bad taste, mm-hmm. you know, that is his job after all, is is plastics mm-hmm. for the automotive industry. So um I, I thought I'd watch that one as well, but uh, it was not my bag, Ashley. You recommended it.
0: I recommended you it, it. to me. I recommended it having not seen it. Display. This is true. <laughs> But it looked good. It's infographic led short snippet lessons, um, which is how us millennials like to digest our learning. Um, It popped up on Netflix. There were lots of um, topics I was interested in. And I think where it's hit and miss is where your knowledge is pitched wrong. So you need to go and watch the episodes about stuff you know nothing about but you want to know about. So I do not, know nothing about oil in the Middle East. Did it mention Halle Burton at all? Did it mention Dick Cheney? It explained how, well, the rise of the Emirates and about price fixing and about how they really had the West in a stronghold and how that was lost. So that was very interesting to me. The fast food one, was, which the first episode was boring because I wasn't interested. The space race I knew a bit too much about, so was also bored by. The rise of China was very interesting because I sort of peripherally knew they were thought of as a third world and then in a decade, where did they come from? And it explains how that happened. Yeah, the building of
2: like the, the the building of the super industrial zones or whatever, there's there's 10 cities that
0: they now have. That was, yeah, I found that interesting. And that's how most of the most successful European cities are laid out. So Germany doesn't rely on one London. They have four huge super centers. That's the best way to spread wealth and make more. Plastics, I knew too much about, so found boring. And I've got left- Did you watch all 10 episodes? No. So I finished on Oil in the Middle East, and I have left to watch Robots, Feminism, Nuclear Power, AIDS, and Genetics. And I think feminism's going to annoy me because I hope I know enough about that. I think I know enough about nuclear power. But yeah, I've missed the AIDS epidemic. I only heard. 10, 20-year-old stories about that, so it might be interesting to learn more about that. I was... I
2: I think I was, like, in my... What's the equivalent now? Probably in about year nine when that really hit, and we had... It was kind of... They did not shy back from making us at our all-girls school do kind of pamphlets, anti-AIDS pamphlets, where people were kind of drawing gravestones on the front to say... I remember it was
0: bonkers. There was a TV advert of a big gravestone smashing into the ground that I vaguely remember being something to do with AIDS. I have no idea what they were telling me, because I must have been four when that was on, or five, I don't know. But History 101 on Netflix is good, but it's not something that you binge and watch all the way through. Look at the list of topics. There's yeah 10 episodes go for the stuff you know nothing about yet interests you or you're going to find it boring
2: i read some um review as well that said it felt it was a little bit too skewed towards the american take on these things as well like it is a little i i mean in the plastics one i i was mostly just enjoying all the kind of vintage footage they had of um of 1950s housewives and you know unwrapping their wonderful new washing machines mm. and everything and every other
0: thing that made plastic you know yeah change their lives it's center left American mindset that's that's pretty dead on so it's not going to be wildly avant-garde but it's not massively right-wing I I could not persuade
2: the children into it for some home education I hate to tell you in fact they were very badly behaved in homeschool this week in general it's not been it's not crushing it this week
0: the teachers
2: (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> yeah, so do I I blame I blame the teachers and their possible alcoholism
0: I would say you know I think they need to have a stern talking to <laughs> <laughs> whoopsie should we move on to something that we all seem to like at least then that would well I think that would make a post that would be positive wouldn't it so is I forget this is on Amazon or Netflix this is Central Park or is it Apple so TV it's, it's on Apple TV TV Another Um,
2: good, we're we're, you know we're we're working up to really selling this four pounds ninety nine a month to people. So far, defending Jacob Central Park, everyone loves it.
0: So missing quest, we'll talk about next week. Oh, you have got to save that for our special special next week thing. But um, Central Park is an animated musical series, and it's the story of a family of caretakers who live in the gorgeous little miniature castle cottage in the middle of Central Park. And they end up saving the park and basically the world. I don't know if that's hyperbole because I'm not too far enough into it, but it's a really lovely family who are obviously interested in nature and helping people and they're super liberal and they come across lots of different types of people throughout the park. And there's a, mm. a baddie who plays a really rich lady who lives in a horrible high rise overlooking the park, but I don't know how bad she's going to get, but I love her. Um, But
2: it's, Dun, it, it's a joint creation, isn't it, by Josh Gad, which I'll come who I'll come back to he in a minute. Is because... Olaf in um, Frozen, lovely. And nice. and of and he and and he was in live action Beauty and the Beast as well, wasn't he? He's Gaston's he's, best
0: friend, but best I can't Tom's remember his name. Little friend, yeah.
2: Um, and the woman or the it's a woman isn't it lauren something or other who's behind bob's burgers i've never seen it you like bob's, bob's burgers
0: i Don't lauren bouchard bob's burgers is my favorite show on tv i am ob- as obsessed with it as i was by friends in the late 90s i it's so wonderful and perfect and there's a really good opportunity to make cheaper tv now because people love animation so much but You can get all these brilliant actors on doing amazing voice work, and it's just so much cheaper to create, and it's as entertaining. I definitely think so. Is the
2: Bob's Burgers style of animation similar to Central Park, which is this very yes. kind of night-like na- faux naive? If you like, it's very sort
0: of two D, but it's yeah. You it's have a lovely like, cartoon you... strip of a show. I love it
2: and it's about a family as well is it do they own do they own a burger
0: shop no it's a central family so they are the caretakers of central park no bob's burgers i meant. sorry yeah they own bob's burgers Burgers. they own bob's burgers it's the belchers so bob and his and his wife linda work at the burger shop and they have three kids who are mental Kristen sharl is the youngest and she always has a bunny ears hat on and i'm just i think i just finished season 10 yesterday right
2: but, but, back to, funny. but back to Central Park, like back you said, Josh Gad Park. is playing on the Rater, but it also has of Hamilton, particularly, you know, Hamilton from Hamilton fame, Leslie Odom Jr., who also, I think, mm-hmm. popped up in earlier on the Orient Express. He's playing the son of the two caretakers. The father is played by Titus Burgess. Oh, from, Titus um, Burgess. From Kimmy Schmidt and his voice to me, because Josh Gad sounds completely like Josh Gad, obviously you can't break away from that. But Titus Burgess, I would have been pushed to have recognised him. I think he does a really, really good job.
0: Yeah, because Um, he's a flamboyant gay Broadway baby and he's he's a really straight-laced, grumpy, park dad in this. Yeah, kind of loves nature and his kids just run
2: circles around him. And then Catherine Hahn, who was in this much, who is in currently this much I know, which we talked about, Mm -hmm. with um, Mark Ruffalo who's wonderful and she plays his wife and then of course you have Kristen Bell also ex-Frozen and Mm -hmm. um, And The Good Place playing the daughter but I've Mm -hmm. I've watched I've watched two episodes and Stanley Tucci voices my favourite
0: character so he's the he's the mad old billionaire lady living up in her tower with her groomed dogs who Um, also then has
2: and her her, ner- her, her, her nurse, not nurse. Yes, exactly, home her home help
0: nurse. Yeah. yeah. Her home
2: help is voiced by Davy Diggs, also from Hamilton, place Washington in Hamilton. Oh. oh, I know. I'm full of I'm full of information
0: today. So <laughs> I do like this. It's very sweet. It's very well centered on the theme of lots of different types of people live in this one little city and they all must be supported and listened to and heard, and you can all be friends. I get that it comes through very well, and it's very funny. It's not as good as Bob's Burgers. Even though they have lots of songs in this, so you've got to wait till the end credits for the Bob's Burgers songs. I've watched two episodes.
2: The songs were not... Qu- actually, no, the second episode, I laughed more in the second episode because the first episode is obviously all a big setup. And actually, to be honest, my least favourite character was probably Josh Gabb playing the narrator just because it was so full-on Josh Gabb. But into the second episode, it really... It, it starts to hit. It, it starts to find its own rhythm, I think, and hit its own beats. And I really did laugh out loud at least seven times.
0: Yeah, I really like it. I would, to go back on you trying to sell people the Apple TV subscription, I wouldn't pay it for this. I just continue getting Bob's Burgers because it is better.
2: (laughs) I would, yeah, I'm a bit let down by the tunes so far. I'm hoping that the tunes are going to pick up because they have got such an amazing voice cast who can really sing I you know I think they need some better some better tunes but I said I'd come back to Josh Gad and I'm going to because I was reading he um apparently he's really struggled like many of us have but he's actually really properly struggled during lockdown he used to go and read stories at his kid's school once a week and obviously once his kid's school closed he couldn't do that anymore so he said he started to like read stories on YouTube then realized everyone else was doing that so he has started up this YouTube thing called Reunited Apart, which I only fell I only fell across it today. And it's brilliant. Josh Gad is gathering together the cast of big movies um, via Zoom and then having a catch-up. So, so far, we have had the cast of The Goonies. Amazing. The, the cast, some, well, obviously not the entire cast, but a lot of the cast <laughs> of Lord of the Rings. Um yeah. Watched a bit of Splash where there was Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah, who appeared to have that kind of Vaseline filter across wherever. Daryl doesn't know
0: where or who she is, but I love
2: her. And, did, and they had Ron Howard, who's so enthusiastic, and Brian Glazer as well. And um, it did make me laugh because you know, like Josh Gab was like, Wow, how long has it been since we've all seen each other? And they all kind of looked up in the air and were like, Well, when Daryl popped up, everyone's like, Well, pretty much since we made Splash, so I don't think she's necessarily been such an intimate part of their circle. 30
0: years.
2: And they did back to the future which was just adorable because michael j fox and leah thompson and christopher lloyd clearly have such an affection for each other and it's so beautiful but and every episode is um in aid of a different charity and the rumor is the next one's going to be the next one that's coming up is ghostbusters so josh Gad is off the
0: ghostbusters
2: well it, well that was a little bit like they, they kind of brought ryan reynolds in to give a little heads up for john candy when they did the oh I don't know if it's just because they were both Canadian because I, I unfortunately had to come record this so I didn't have time to see, but he was giving a big up to John Candy during the um, Splash one. How's and, um, uh, Michael J. Fox doing, by
0: the way? What
2: did he look like? He's Well, obviously his Parkinson's is pretty advanced now, so verbally right. he's pretty slow, but he looked, he looked really well. I mean, I follow him on Instagram and it was just his son's birthday the other day and he posted a Swedish picture and said, you know, this guy is now taller and better looking and smarter than me. My work here is done. And if any of us can say that as a parent, that's just a really lovely thing to say. So like I said, and it was, and Leah Thompson as well, because I love Leah Thompson. I love her daughter, Zoe, Deutch, Zoe Deutsch. She's in my favorite. Well, Leah Thompson was in my favorite ever 80s film, which is Some Kind of Wonderful, which is the best of the John Hughes types. Not even a John Hughes, well, it's No Breakfast Club, but it's not even John that Hughes. Is, it's by that her is daughter.
0: Leah Thompson's daughter.
2: Yeah, Zoe Deutsch is Leah Thompson and Howard Deutsch. Shut your damn mouth. The movie director who made Some Kind of Wonderful. They met on that set. They've been together ever since. And now they have this beautiful... Because, in fact, I recommended to a friend today to watch Set It Up on um, Netflix with Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Miller. The guy guy's going to be Goose in a new... Not Goose, I, Goose's son.
0: I love Zoe Deutsch. She is famous for one of the things that you and I, Emma, like, but Stuart would rather end humanity than watch those really good tweeny rom-coms on netflix and we're talking about a new one now so zoe Deutsch acts in tons of them but yeah. she's she was well action. set it up was adorable where yeah. she and
2: glenn miller is it glenn it's not glenn miller is i think had it up. i'll we look got, that up in a minute they're, they're trying to set up their work their work obsessed bosses and of yes. course they fall in love and it's charming because she is charming she's also in she was raised by caroline the city of course of course she's always going to be <laughs> and she and she's and she's also in everybody she's the um love interest in everybody wants some the spiritual sequel today's the confused oh. aka the best film ever made and, and you you're are sat in, in
0: front of a poster of that in your bedroom now aren't you emma we have it we have it on the
2: bedroom wall everyone's just in a massive cuddle up in that poster and every day i look at it and think one in day little silky shorts
0: and little. <laughs> And oh, we long, do. Long, it long, long be. hair.
2: Oh.
0: Anyway. Lineup. Fawning over 70s male sex symbols must come to an end. So that was Central Park is on um, Apple TV and Josh Gad's uh, Together Apart. Is that just a YouTube thing? Reunited Apart is just
2: on YouTube. And it also okay. fits into my, what are the Marvel guys doing now? Because obviously in the Goonies, you have Josh Brolin who did play Brand in the the Big Brother in the original Goonies and, and they bring him back. They, it was The Goonies was very touching. Martha Plimpton was right there. It was, it was, it's pretty cool. So yeah, Reunited Apart you'll find on YouTube. Central Park on Apple TV+.
0: So let's take it down a notch. We did not like the much anticipated... Well, we didn't not like it. We we were whelmed by what should have been an overwhelmingly brilliant, much-anticipated Steve Carell new show on Netflix, Space Force. So this has also got a pretty stellar cast. John Malkovich is in this. He's the best thing. Ben Schwartz is in this. Lisa Kudrow is in this. Alex Sparrow, if you know him, you'll love him. But it's um, a very close take on rip-off of Space Force, which Trump has now created a real version of. Um, so they're tasked with creating a sixth branch of the armed services in the USA. They want boots on the moon by 2020-something, I don't know. 2024. boots on the moon boots on the moon so steve carell is tasked with heading that up um he's married to lisa kudrow and john malkovich plays dr adrian malloy who is the straight man he's the piss on steve carell's chips as in of course you can't do that because science no um it had so much potential i was so ready for a new american office but with Well, because it
2: is is written by Steve Carell and Greg Daniels, who is the guy from The Office, and I believe Ben was involved in Parks and Rec as well. I think so. So
0: Me too. And all should have been good. Well,
2: the opening scene—I was really excited by the opening scene because not only have you got Lisa Kudrow and Steve Carell, you don't get John Malkovich. But you had Noah Emmerich, who's from The Truman Show and from The Americans. He pops up in the first in, in the first scene, as does Jane Lynch ex-Glee uh, and all the Christopher Guest movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Warburton, Puddy from Seinfeld. He was, so they're all in that very, very first scene. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. But then they all seem to drop out and it moves to an entirely different sort of situation yeah. because Steve Carell gets hired, obviously, to be Space Force and yeah. moves to Space Force. So I felt a bit cheated because I was terribly excited by that first scene. I was like, this cast is going
0: to be awesome. Well, the cast and then, shrinks yeah, dramatically. Cheated that it might flesh out again. I have my own theory, but producer Superman, what's what's your theory on why this doesn't work?
1: So I, for me, I've always been a bit of a cynic when it comes to your sort of US-based sitcoms. Um, I, I don't think they tend to fare up as well as, as some of the, of the British sitcoms that we've had historically. Um, but this particular example suffers from the challenge of trying to be satirical in the face of the Trump administration. Um, which I think many comedians up and down the land around the world have ridiculed as being almost impossible to write or parody because it seems to manage it on its own. It's it's so insane and so off the wall that I can really imagine the idea that you know just trying to parody it is as difficult as it sounds watching Trump headlines. Things like, for example, when they unveiled the actual Space Force's uniform, they were ridiculed because it's camouflage. Camouflage <laughs> in space. Like, <laughs> WTF. Why would you need camouflage in space? But, all that said, it does have some nice sort of twee and quirky and cutesy sort of comedy moments, which make it a bit... It could be better, It's, but it's, it's nice. It's fluffy, it's nice. And it's things so like referring to some of the animals in space and stuff so that crops up in in the early episodes um and and does a sort of funny play on that that's quite cute and quite nice but it's
0: oh the dog astronaut the dog astronaut exactly <laughs> and what, was it the ape astronaut as well apestronaut astronaut i i think the problem i agree with you totally i've seen an interview with Steve Carell in which he explains that how helpful the real space force teams have been and they're very close to them they talk a lot to them so Obviously, they don't feel confident in sending up the administration's real space force when they're getting so much help from them in terms of research, um, which I think was a mistake. Because like you said, they could have gone completely wild, completely cynical and still have been funny, but less weird than what's actually going on.
2: But then if you think about the office and parks and recreation as well, these are both kind of, I mean, again, we're effectively looking at a kind of office space. It's a workplace based sitcom. And like I said, at the moment, that's filling a hole for me because obviously our own workplaces are not really like our normal workplaces. So you haven't got your normal office dynamics that are going on as we're all kind of working virtually, but both the office. Now I actually have no, I'll say, I haven't seen the American office, but I understand, obviously it's quite warm hearted, much more warm hearted, I think than the original UK version. And Parks and Recreation is fully warm hearted. So this is coming from guys who like to write characters that they like and they want you to like, which is maybe why it doesn't go quite wild enough. I recently, we recently, sorry, as a family watched um, Avenue 5, which was on Sky, which is, I mean, again, it's a a space-based comedy. In this case, it's a spaceship that has gone off track and is going to take another like 30 years to get back to Earth. It's like a space cruise run by Hugh Laurie that's by the creators of Veep and that has a meanness and a scathing kind of attitude about the way that people are running that perhaps Space Force is missing a little bit
0: that's what so I like say if
2: you're if you're missing a if you want a space comedy in your life I would go to Avenue 5 before I would go to Space Force
0: I'm a thick of it W1A type of gal I don't want none of this nicety nicety bull crap in my office sitcoms no
2: <laughs> although I do enjoy um, Ben Schwartz in it i.e. Sonic the Hedgehog slash of course John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation he's kind of playing yes. a dialed down version who's actually called Parks what do they rec. call him like fuck Tony that's his name because he's like the PR guy and he's yeah. basically like a dialed down John Ralphio and he's, he's the same
0: he's, entitled millennial isn't he It's
2: yeah. very funny. <laughs> just doesn't do quite as much singing <laughs> I, lo- I, mean, I love him in so much in Parks and Recreation <laughs> him, Je- Jenny Slate sister Jenny Slate, the sister, and of course the Fonz, Henry Winkler as their father, is possibly Perfect. my most favourite family in any sitcom.
1: I think, Aww. to a small degree as well, Space Force as well, it suffers from the fact that Space Force as a as an as a institution is still relatively young. I mean, it hasn't been around long enough to take the mick off. I gave that one example of, of, of camouflage in space, but what else has Space Wars actually done yet that could be parodied or
2: written against?
0: and a billion dollars for no reason. Anywho, <laughs> but can I also just say very quickly, of course, that the late great—that's such
2: an overused phrase, isn't it? The late great, but Fred Willard is in it, playing Steve Carell's father, and I believe it, it premiered. And obviously, he died very recently. I think he that's died. Could be weeks his last job, the UK, huh? and they dedicate the first um, episode to him, and he is. As ever, a pleasure to watch because Fred Willard is always a pleasure to watch.
0: You can't out Willard Fred Willard. Well, that was Space Force, which is available on Netflix. I would advise that if it grabs you in the first episode or two, stick with it. If it doesn't, drop it because it don't pick up. Mm. <laughs> drop it like it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> drop it like it's. Drop it like. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to look up stuff to be watching. I'm not going to look up how old that song is. Actually, no, I am. <laughs> That's Snoop, isn't it?
2: Yeah, gin and juice. Sipping on his gin and juice. Aww. That was, you know, right. Yeah, right. My wheel going to be old,
0: out. and I'm going to be so sad. 2004. Ah, oh, that's not that old. That's not that's, that old. That's, that's the year after I got married. That's not that that's old. Sixteen years, isn't it? That's
2: before I was at mm-hmm.
1: university, and I was at university twelve years ago. So yeah, that is that's almost depressing. half
2: of my life ago. Ashley, <laughs> I spent last Friday night watching the YouTube shenanigans that was Take That coming back together, oh. and when I realised that Prey had come out in 1993, I think, so I worked out it was 27 years old. Producer Steubenman is shooting himself in the head, possibly, because I mentioned Take That, I imagine, but anyway, Most we of still, it
0: still, it holds up as a good pop song, Pop-ian. Okay. Note to self, Emma, late 80s kids, skipped. take that. We pre-cancelled them. They were pre-cancelled. Um, That's harsh, way <laughs> harsh. Was it, I obviously have no desire to watch that. Did that actually work? Like a yeah, home concert? Did I talk about this last week? I feel like maybe, no. Maybe I think I we about about banned you. You. <laughs> you did, didn't you? I said I wanted but to. now internet. I'm curious. I've seen a little advert of it and now I want to know. Well, we'd been, I had a socially distanced picnic
2: uh, well, not a picnic, really, just a glass of champagne on some fields with some friends. So that was a and big come day back already. <laughs> and I'd forgotten it was on. And I think that, you know, I, it was already a Friday night. It was gloriously sunny. It was actually really rather sweet. And I was a huge take that fun I was at Manchester University when they were there. Um, not when they were there, because they certainly yeah, were not no. a university. No. I meant when they there.
0: Absolutely not.
2: <laughs> when they were they, you know, you, you would you would see them in nightclubs and that kind of thing and people would get terribly excited. It was, you know, they they've worked up that Zoom thing. They managed to pass each other teacups through the through the you know, do some comedy passing the teacups through. And Gary Barlow just is an incredibly enthusiastic. Working
0: men's club type End of peer Gally entertainer oh,
2: oh, I wasn't going to do that Because I've done that before And it's a terrible t- I, I, I'm always embarrassed I It's my less day. regionalist
0: When I do it Because my whole family Comes from the Midlands So I reckon I get away with it yeah, Well maybe oh, well, they um, from One of my aunties Lived on the same street As Robbie's parents Instead oh, to- <laughs> Robbie of course Turned up late But they did a lot of Costume changes <laughs> really? um They they wait, had, wait, you know, wait, like, was it, I'm stupid. Was it live? Live? You're watching a live Zoom call. Yeah. Oh, right. No, okay. it wasn't a live Zoom call. It was a pre-recorded Zoom call. But okay. it wasn't, so it had, but they
2: they managed to take the kind of Zoom technology and and, and use it pretty well, like the Brady Bunch opening like about this last week.
0: Or who can remember? <laughs> <laughs>
2: matter so good is shouting out twice. it was not so good as shouting out twice but it was free so you know that's not such All a bad right. thing it's not like you had to pay for it
0: it might be good for a kitchen disco because sophie alice Bexta's like fallen she's and fallen broken off something, a bike hasn't she, she? i doubt so she'll like, be kissed in kitchen disco in on her facebook so maybe watch that for a filler until we wait for her to get can back. you
2: not just put a kitchen disco on with your own
0: spotify playlist i i think you yes. know sometimes but it's fun when you're led by a celebrity I, she- <laughs> I'm, I am pretty sure as well. Myself, Shivy, Trig, and Jody invented the kitchen disco in a horrible Nottingham house while we were at uni. I don't know why people are languishing, louding the term around like they You are making me laugh because I spent this morning very lazily watching, and I'm not talking about this to
2: review it particularly, but we were watching something called Titans, which is on Netflix, which is um, effectively like a combination between gladiators and a world's strongest man, hosted by a very jolly... Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who they all call DJ. And he keeps saying every time they show a challenge, he's like, So we created this. And you're like, You didn't create this. I mean, I watched Wolf do this in 1989, <laughs> for heaven's sake, DJ. So um, I fear that maybe there were people having kitchen discos back in the 1920s, Ash,
0: to their gramophones. Really? Well, you wouldn't have a gramophone in the kitchen. We started it with our little MP3 players that held 20 songs each, and between four of you, that is 80, and it was great. You are
2: not going to let me have this, are you? you are like no. I definitely did. We did it. We did it, in Nottingham.
0: Maybe Lenton Boulevard. We started the kitchen disco. Leave me alone. We should move <laughs> on. So we have a new little feature. Well, we always try and include an oldie but a goodie. But seeing well, as- we were
2: doing the home education ones, weren't we? But that's yes. that's I've actually had to be doing some proper
0: maths and English right. as opposed to letting. Uh, the youngest watch Robert Redford films. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And as the coup against their home teachers gets in full swing, um, we've changed tack. So, I got a really cool poster from Partner with the Good Shouts because he knows all the good stuff, which is, you know, like the big maps that you scratch away with a coin when you visited a country and you cover the whole country. These are classic films that you have to watch before you die and you scratch them off. So we don't know what's behind each window. So we'll scratch it and then we have to go and find it and watch it, which is wicked. Um, but we have to re-watch them. So we've probably already seen a few of these between us, but we're going to re-watch them together and revisit them. And it's going to be a wonderful activity that we hope to continue past lockdown. Family, so have you just scratched family the one so far? Yes. And we had both already seen this, <laughs> but... I was so pleased to revisit it because I think I only seen it twice and it is now 21 years old. We are talking- Don't keep it in suspense, Ashley. What's the movie? I think I mentioned it in the opening, but in case you forgot what I said, David Fincher, a bar of pink soap, Brad Pitt, peak Brad Pitting, Edward Norton being a beautifully geeky loving on ikea furniture before ikea love became a thing and my main man helena bonham carter going batshit crazy in the best possible way and she mentioned this film in a recent podcast i listened to her and she was like i was one of the, this is one of the first times in 1999 they were giving women my age interesting roles to play and by her age she must have meant she was like 30 35. well no how old is she she would have been in her early 30s i would have thought yeah like early mid 30s so to be given a role that should have gone to an early 20s in january um she was lucky and pleased to get it and that is fight club from 1999 certificate 18 you don't see that a lot anymore kids um, and
2: I did not like. Jago got terribly excited and came in, and was like, "You're oh, watching Fight Club," and
0: I was like, "You are
2: not watching this." And he was like, "Why is it really?" About? I was like, "It's just it. It is a It, it is an
0: eighteen for a reason. It's I a think. not just a torment, physical I visceral think. violence. Yeah, but the themes. Yeah, yeah. Um, who? Well, do you want to have a go at remembering and telling us what the plot is? I have it written in front of best. me, but I want to hear you recall. Because it's it's so weird. It's and it based so on the chat.
2: So it's based on the Chuck Palahniuk novel of the same name, Fight Club. And essentially, you have our titular, well, our hero who is um, Edward Norton, who is actually only he's just called the narrator. Although some people also call him Jack. He is an insurance. Um, in not i was going to say investor. I mean insurance investor. No, he,
0: he no he looks into he's, he's looking into insurance claim
2: investigator. Yeah. So he has a very boring a very you know pretty boring a pretty boring life he's you know shows that he's he's he travels, travels around on planes all this kind of thing and then he meets on a plane tyler durden played by as you said probably pick pete brad pitt i mean he is fine and also when i enjoyed watching this again i think this is the last film before brad pitt goes into that kind of 20-year period which i think only ended in once upon a time in hollywood where he needs to eat throughout eat. every film yeah. i knew you going to say that yeah i know it's so true though, because he moves into oceans 11 chucking popcorn so money Moneyball. and he's permanently with the lollipops and the eating and everything else and it was interesting to me because in fight club i was like oh, oh will brad eating and he's not eating but he is looking and he has the best wardrobe i mean that, that man
0: can rock yeah. that wardrobe like no one on earth. Anyway, it's, it's, it's very, very talent for a reason, isn't it? It's a very different wardrobe yeah. from Edward Norton's, which we're not Of course. On. So
2: Edward Norton is all buttoned up and kindly looking and Edward Norton-like. He has developed this addiction to going to support groups that he shouldn't be going to. So this is Edward, this is Edward Norton's character because he's so bored in his everyday life. He's developed this addiction to go to support groups, which is where he meets. The quite fucked up Marla who is Helen Bonham Carter. Elena. He also meets Meatloaf with the most amazing prosthetic breast. He's a testicular <clears throat> cancer survival thing. Bumps into Tyler Durden, and the two of them start Fight Club, which is basically just an excuse for them to they they in, in the middle of a car park one evening, Brad Pitt, Tyler Durden, says to the narrator, just you know, punch me. So he does, and they end up having a massive fist fight ball in this car park, and it takes off. And more people want to join, and it's this idea that in the buttoned-up world of 1999, men just want to let things go, and they just want to go somewhere where they can beat the crap out of each other mm. on a Friday night. But things accelerate. Tyler Durden turns out to be slightly insane. They move in together. sleeping with insane. Helen Von Carter. Edwin Norton doesn't know what's going on. It turns into a whole anarchic movement. There's explosions, there's soap, they're scoring fat to make explosions. The whole <laughs> thing, yeah, gets onto a whole different level. And um, I don't um,
0: know, I don't would think you give you away them. the twist or not? No, I don't think you can tell them any more without giving away the twist. Um, and I'm, but I'm stupid. So I didn't see famously the Sixth Sense twist coming. And I still try and famously lean on the fact I was about 11 when I saw it. But when I look, and I like going back to re-watch films with huge twists to see if I can watch where they've explained it to me. But I couldn't find much in this. I think it was so well done. But maybe that's because we'd never seen anything like this before, 21 years ago.
2: I remember being quite blown away by it. And I don't think I've rewatched it since then. And watching again, because you've also got, and Jared Lett, in fact, there's and.
0: Jared I like Leto the fact horrible. that you see a lot of
2: people popping up in it, like Zach Grenier, who I've just finished watching Devs, and he had a really good part in Devs. So you've got a lot of good character actors, and the guy, Holt McAnally, maybe? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it right in a minute. The guy mm-hmm. who is in... What's the show on Netflix about the FBI profilers?
0: Oh, the the yeah, with well, the serial killer profilers, when they invented serial, the term serial killer.
2: Yeah. And they have the BTK
0: killer in series Mind two Mindhunter. Mindhunter. Mind
2: so Holt McAnally Holt, Holt McC- McCallie, McCallany, who's McCallany. in Mindhunter, also pops up in it. So you've got this it, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not... Ne- David Fincher is can be a bit hit-miss for me in terms of some of the stuff he's done. But okay. it has that... He, he he does... He goes... He commits fully to a film, I think. And I think he really commits to the vibe of this film. And something I really like as well is the sets are great. The crumbling house that that Edward Norton and Brad Pitt end up living in. Um,
0: it's, it's so... It
2: yeah, it's this, and it's meant to it. be in New York, but you can't imagine where it would be in New York. It looks Upstate. fabulous,
0: <laughs> and I, it makes me miss Edward Norton as well. Watching this, I, I, I miss him. No, what happened to him? I hope. Can you hear the thunderstorm in Cambridge, UK? By the way, I've got I've got lightning and hail outside my window, which is my favourite type of weather. Stuart, no, you want know I'm sitting in
2: Saffron Wald and I have no n- there is no storm here whatsoever. It's just been a grey, cold, damp day.
1: Yeah. I, I, I I'll will I'll mute myself in a minute whilst you bring up the conversation, I'm gonna stick my head out the window and find out.
2: No, <laughs> I was gonna say, but Stu, have you seen Fight Club?
1: Well, oh, it was a long time ago, it was a very long time ago. When you were uh, when you were recalling the uh, the plot, um, all I could really remember was the the twist, which I won't tell. Um, and all those other little mini details are completely forgotten about. It's like, well, that's that's the majority of the storyline. It's like it's ma-
0: wonderful. You should go and revisit it. I think we were a smidge too young when we probably saw it the first time and didn't appreciate it, so then it didn't stick in our minds in the canon of great films. I don't, uh, think,
2: I was, I don't think I was too young. Thanks very much, Ashley. Cross
0: generational because we're cross generational. <laughs> last thing, Ed Norton came back to do Motherless Brooklyn last year. Do you remember? Oh yes. And correct suffering murder investigator. And it was fabulous I, ha- I fabulous. did not see it. So oh maybe I should God. I should put that on my list.
2: That when because of course there was all the kind was, of, of there was all the sort of controversy with American History X and but he is in one of my favorite and underrated rom coms, Ashley. So you're gonna appreciate that.
0: Oh oh I know what it is. I know what it is. Is it the Can one you guess? The, can you guess? Is it is it the priest and the yes. the rabbi? What's it's um I know it's it's keeping the faith with um with Ben with- Stiller as
2: a rabbi, and he is a Catholic priest, and Jennifer gray Gene Lady.
0: yeah. <laughs> I love that film. (laughs) I was thinking about that film this morning. I adore it. Watch Keeping the Faith. If you love the the Netflix tween shit Emma and I go on about, it's up there. Nora Ephron nearly up there. Anyway, Superman keeps flashing his whiteboard saying, shut up and keep going. I'm I'm (laughs) going to
1: go against my own uh, advice now because I have an Ed Norton thing as well, and Emma will like Mm -hmm. this. You've got to remember, Emma, that Ed Norton has appeared in the Marvel movie. Oh, he was the Incredible Hulk. Where are
0: Marvel now? <laughs>
1: exactly. So Ed Norton was in the first Incredible Hulk film which had the first after credits scene that blended into the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and ever since he must be kicking himself because he turned down the role to continue playing um, uh, Bruce Banner and uh, that's when Mark Ruffalo got the job and now is rolling Sweet in baby Cash Money. Angel. So that was yeah.
2: post the Ang Lee film with with Eric Banner. Yes, we don't yeah.
1: talk about that film. It never happened. It was rubbish. Oh,
0: I man. know, it's such a shame because
2: Eric Banner, again, a fine Australian actor and so good. But honestly, that whole, and I love, Ang- obviously, I love Ang Lee. Breakback Mountain is like yeah. right there in my top five. If that doesn't come on, your scratch off post, Ashley. I swear. Really An-
1: Ang-, Ang Lee one. Hulk CGI. I wish I, you, anyway. I wish I knew how to quit you. I wish
2: I knew how to quit you. I swear. It's <laughs> me every time I still have a tiny little magnet of the two shirts hanging inside each other. Four times at the cinema, people. That's all I'm going to say. I paid four times to see that at the cinema with different
0: people. And by the end of it, the people I was dragging were like, what are you on about? And I was like, and so they, des- they deserved your money. Um, well, what, what were we just talking about? I went mad. No, Fight, Fight Hub, Club, which is available on Amazon Prime for free.
2: It's, That's why I watched it anyway. It's I streamed on Amazon great. Prime.
0: If you liked things, it's not as dark as Seven, but if you liked things like Seven and The Usual Suspects and... Reservoir Dogs and more recently, Seven yeah. Psychopaths, stuff like that. It's great. Go back. I don't think I there's nothing I can think of that was as unique since then, even. It was so cool and it's still pretty cool, considering it's oh, more than 20 up. years old. That's and it is different. hard not to just
2: enjoy watching Brad Pitt racking <laughs> that fine in that wardrobe for two hours and 15 minutes. Red. Clever jacket, so and also, and actually, (laughs) Helena Bonacarta, who I was never, I I think maybe at that point that kind of broke her out of of the era. She, I don't think she played such a kind of punky
0: merchant ivory empire line gowns, talking to Miss Darcy, and all that kind of crap. But
2: and Miami Vice, but you remember that she weirdly played Uh, one of Don Johnson's girlfriends. Oh,
0: that was when she was
2: all hair and eyebrows. That seems very
0: off brand um on brand for emma and i funnily enough considering how cross-generational we are and neither of us is a is an 11 year old american girl um we love (laughs) netflix seems to has hit its groove it has found it's in full stride by fulfilling this cinematic gap because you know that we're not going to get anything in the cinemas that doesn't make a ton of money but well, tweeny. particularly not post COVID. it's just going to be Tenet, isn't it? It's going to be Chris Vanola's Tenet Marvel. and Mulan Ugh. and nothing
2: else.
0: Um, tweeny Bopper rom-coms, which have such an important place in the emotional development, I'm going to say, of everyone, but I think only us girls really used to watch them growing up, and that's why we're so much cleverer than you guys in a lot of ways. But they teach you so st- stupid, man. Feminism, Fully I say what I like. mature. Say what I like. Um, but it's so interesting to see, and because you can't communicate properly with people, things like Dawson's Creek had scripts written as if teenagers had a really I didn't like Dawson's Creek either. Um as if teenagers were able to express themselves articulately and, and emotionally intelligently. This is what these tweenie boppers films do, and it so helps young people understand the things that we all know to be true now everyone's having a shit time everyone thinks everyone hates them everyone worries about all the same 50 things and be kind to everyone because you have no idea what's going on for them at home and you could be friends with very different looking acting and sounding people if only you're a bit more secure in yourself but the half of it does this particularly well because these kind of films can be a bit sugary, horrible, sweet to watch. But this one, do you want to tell us a story, Emma? Because you turned me on to this one.
2: I did, yeah, yeah. But it popped up on my on my Netflix thing. I tried desperately to persuade the kids to watch it, the boys to watch it with me, because, but I could not drag them away from their computer games, which seems to be the story of my life. Um, Great homeschooling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was post-school, obviously, Ashley. I'm just this mum 5pm like, you know, PM on a Friday. But um, it's written and directed by Chinese-American director Alice Wu. Who, um, before this, has just made one movie called *Saving Face*, but this was years and years ago. It premiered at, 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 at a, a um, long time ago at a festival back in 2004. And since, and, and she was she's obviously incredibly intelligent. Went to Stanford, worked for Microsoft. Um she's now 50 year old, gay Chinese American filmmaker, and she's written and directed the half of it, which is set in, I believe, it's Washington State. It's obviously a made up town.
0: It's called Square Hamish. Yes. Oh, was it? Oh, did they say Ohio? She says New Dub
2: at one point. So it got to. It's either going to be Wisconsin or Washington. I think it's Washington. She says Washington.
0: Ohio at the end. I'm sure of it. I can't remember.
2: No, she's going to college in Ohio, and she gets on oh, train. To to okay. Right. Anyway, so we have Leah Lewis, who is playing Ellie Chu, who is a high school student who is busy. She's her mother has died. She lives with her father. whose English is not great they moved over from China obviously to the US he is like the station master in this very very quaint rural town and she is making extra money by writing essays for her fellow classmates and it's basically Serana de Bergerac told again if you like so Serana de Bergerac Roxanne now we have the half of it and um handsome yet geeky jock paul munsky who comes from this very kind of loud german sausage making family comes to her to say look there's a girl i really like and i want you to write her a letter for me and this girl is called asta flores she is an italian i think or mexican i don't know but she's fantastic she's beautiful (laughs) as well and anyway so ellie chu writes a letter bumps into Asta Flores herself and also is just, you know, deeply, falls deeply in crush with her. So basically you have this love triangle. And um, obviously Asta, the subject of both of their affection, is just taken blindsided by these beautiful letters and wonderful texts that she believes that, you know, the sort of geeky jock is sending her, but they're actually coming from Ellie Chu. And it just leads into this rather lovely triangle like I say because also Ellie Chu and Paul Munsky become good friends while they're trying to woo Asta between the two of them because yeah. say and they have a very sweet friendship too and it's just it, it wasn't it didn't feel overwrought it didn't feel overdone it feels very true to life because this is a very you know it's a small town and Asta Flores herself has this kind of Incredibly handsome boyfriend who everybody kind of oh. walks around and cheers the whole time. And what I found really interesting was when she's with him, she never says a word and she just presumes that she's going to marry him. She sort of says, you know, I'll just end up marrying him because she he's has to. 18. That's like that kind of very, very small town America look at things. Mm. And I think it's the idea that your life has more potential than perhaps you think it does do. And that's the message it's trying to give. And it was just very sweetly and sensitively mm. done with like a you know with with, with obviously in the pride month with an lgbtq twist it's
0: it's very mm. very sensitively written
2: we it never had
0: it's funny and, yeah we, we never had those twists in our teen films back in the day but i think every single film whether they're shoved in there as a trope at least they're represented i know we can do better and we should do but there was, a, until very recently, parents would have been up in arms in some parts of the world if there were gay characters being shown to their kids in teen films, but they're just so everyday and so effortlessly woven into the cast. And it's just nothing, but it comes up. It's like, oh, you fancy her too? That makes sense. You must be a lesbian, moving on. Like it's, I liked that. And it really reminded me of one of my other favorite films that I bet you like, Emma, from 1996 two girls talking to the same guy but one of them is the face one of them is the voice
2: oh i can't what oh that's oh i think i'm
0: involved
2: the truth about the truth about but the tr- did we talk about the other day? Did we play really? cats and dogs? Good old. I, I think so. I mentioned
0: Janine Garaffalo and Uma Thurman. Yes. Uma Thurman's the
2: face. Janine Garaffalo is the is 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 the words.
0: Yeah. And who is it who's Ben Chaplin is the man. So he's from some Early noughties, late nineties English TV, isn't he? I, he, like I said, I think three. he 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 was kind of along with kind of Greg, what like post Hugh Grant or whatever.
2: It was him and Greg Wise, and and yeah. you know, they they said you know there was suddenly a Coming kind of and suddenly lost it. lasted. Ah, no, he was
0: in he was in Game On. Classic. I never watched that,
2: was beyond my time. I never watched Game On. Oh, but I do want to say before we move on to, to, to other, I want to say that Leah Lewis, who plays Ellie Chu, has one of the most fantastic voices I've heard in a really long time because she's quite oh. a Chinese American herself. Mm. But she has this beautiful husky voice that comes out from. She's very them. petite, <laughs> very petite frame. You don't expect it. Her voice is just not what you're yeah. expecting. And so, I could all the actors to
0: are great. Um, I, I would give the half of it a go. It's a nice enough. We're in the middle of a thunderstorm here at the moment. Just sit down and watch that of a Sunday. It's lovely on Netflix. And like I said, look out for what they suggest to you after you finish watching it because Netflix does a number in comforting, warm hug between romance yeah
2: it, like you say it, it, it it's found it has really found a niche in there and there's you know there's that's not such a bad thing particularly mm. in these more complicated times when maybe you don't need to be challenging yourself massively
0: too much Hagrid well we covered a lot today so we had history 101 on Netflix in short scroll to the titles of the episodes which you don't know a lot about but that interest you otherwise you'll be it'll teach you something Yep. Central Park on Apple TV is grand. We love it. It's not as good as Bob's Burgers. Space Force, Steve Carell on Netflix. Give the first couple episodes a try, but ditch it if you're not taken by it because it doesn't pick up.
2: And maybe try Avenue 5, like I said, if you're looking for a a worky space sitcom that's a little bit more scabrous and funnier.
0: Our oldie but goodie fight club holds up 21 years later and Emma tells me it is on Amazon Prime at the moment. And our tweeny love fest. The half of it is also on Netflix. Go for it. We got and special. go and check out Vice as well uh-huh. if you want to watch some kind of
2: um, political. Well, I don't know if you are trying to escape from the horror of our of Vice our current political good. situation. Take yourself back fifteen years and see what that was like. <laughs> Where did you find Vice again? Vice was on Now TV. Now TV slash Sky, TV. I think. So okay. because actually, and now is a good time. Now is a good time to get your Now Now subscription because I found out from a friend today that they're bringing Succession back to Sky and Now from Monday.
0: Only two seasons And and it is brilliant. And Disney, you mentioned, Disney Plus.
2: Get your Disney Plus subscriptions in now, people, because July the 5th, what is landing an entire year early so we can thank COVID for something? None other than the original Broadway production of Hamilton, Hamilton in full. Hamilton. So, lin Manuel, Davy Diggs, Ezzy <laughs> Odom Jr., Alexander Hamilton,
0: Perfect. get on it.
2: Because, I mean, I have actually seen the show three times, which I know is not
0: hey, something I
2: like to bring Spend about. your money on
0: something. I love it. <laughs>
2: Well, when I could, when I could, when you actually, did. when I could. But we're all going to come, like I said, when, you know, the, the big TV here in South Walden is taking on a life of its own for when lockdown finishes. We've now got Top Gun and Hamilton, I reckon, on there. Who Do knows
0: well what Gun. else? Next week, we're going to have a bit of a special. We realised um, it's obviously Pride Month in the UK, at least, in this June. And we were running through what we were going to set each other for homework next week. And everything, every idea we had had a really sharp LGBT focus. So that's gonna be everything we review next week. Films and shows available on TV and to stream, which celebrate LGBTQ plus stories. So on the fluffier side, we have Michelle Visage of RuPaul's Drag Race Fame, has a new show on BBC Three.
2: And strictly come dancing fame. She's actually, also for on some strictly. of our older listeners.
0: If you're missing um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, there's a really brilliant, if short, secret celebrity RuPaul's Drag Race on Netflix, which is very uplifting. Um, I'm really excited for you guys to watch a documentary I found called Circus of Books. um, I am uh, writing that in my notebook. That's how excited I am. Your kids will love it as well. It's about a straight-laced Midtown America couple um hetero couple with a few kids who make their money in gay porn um and they just have a really fun business and it's about how when people stop renting what, are they videos, starring in gay porn or they no, no, they have a video shop yeah. just checking um, and a bookshop and it's how their business was affected um when we stopped doing blockbuster and all that kind of thing and i am so pleased that i just netflix knows me deeply i think it was netflix maybe amazon there's a film called but i'm a cheerleader and I think it's from the 90s. It does star Ru Paul in it as a very butch sort of army training type guy. Um, it's about it's a dark comedy about gay conversion therapy. Um, it, it's from 1999, but the the lineup. Same year as Fight Club, but very different. Same yeah. Of things. Um, it's it's got it's similar in tone in places, but it, it's aping it's aping a teeny bopper film. Bring it on! Basically, stole everything it knows from this. But it's okay. got Natasha Leon from Orange's New Black in the lead. Michelle Williams is in it as her friend um, at the beginning. Ru Paul's in it. It's it's so one. Clea DeVal, who I love and I don't see enough of, um, but it's a really funny, campy, on the nose send up of all this ridiculous far right wing like bad Excellent. god yeah it's it's and wonderful. we thought
2: we might check out the new season of queer eye as well didn't we to see how that is going now I'm five seasons so in because that was please. such a netflix success and i don't know if i maybe watched the first two seasons religiously not i, I, I don't know how that format's going so it'll yeah. be
0: interesting i'm going to check out a couple of those of the brand I'm new ones so that's glad that's back but yeah gay men Interior design and fashion makeovers in my life. So French tucks, Ashley. French tucks is all French about French tuck tux. daily. Thank you very much. <laughs> but thanks again, everyone. We've witted through another hour. Just for thank you. you very much. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Stu. Thank you, Ash. It's a pleasure as ever. Thanks, Em, and thank you as well to producer Stu. We keep forgetting to thank our frontline workers. We haven't done that for a couple of weeks and we're still in this fucking pandemic. So all my NHS babes, I love you. All my local shop babes, I love you. And a massive thank thank you to all the
2: teachers. And a massive thank you to all the teachers who are now going back to work full-time, you know, in primary schools, I guess. A massive thank you to them because it must be very difficult trying to teach in these kind of circumstances. Yeah. Very different.
0: We are thinking of you and we hope that if you're one of the handful of people who listen to this, we are in double figures of listeners, don't hate. <laughs> um, you get some fun out of it for an hour. And if, please go ahead. If you're one the handful
2: of listeners who's not related to me, that would be delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Oh, so mythic quest next week as well i'm going to talk oh about. you're going to on that. apple tv plus and that may be worth your 4.99 it's one of the it's an original sitcom launching on apple tv plus launched apple tv plus and it's i don't know we're, we're into it as a family three episodes in enjoying it greatly
0: we'll give it a go but from us for now we have been the screen quiz thank you very much for listening goodbye goodbye Thank you for listening to this episode of *Em and Ash Screen Queens. Goodbye.